It's it a different was, planet. It's a bit homosexual, right? Tyler? Yeah. I don't know if he is or not. Yeah. He got a little bit... Carried away? Overreacted. Fruity? Uh, overreacted when he realized Camille kissed him for three times and then he just got a little bit... What? Should I say this one? Yeah. They know it's over here. Right. Do you want to be part of the interview, Sebastian? Is what about? This is about night life and night shift workers. It's okay. Don't move it too far because I can't. So that's like it. my second job when I'm a prostitute. I start to work at midnight every morning till about 5:30. I work usually on King's Cross corner. Is this true story? How do you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Welcome to the Wrong Club Podcast Episode 2. In this episode, we have another pop team leader, Dennis, who had worked in McDonald's night shift kitchen, kitchen night shift. While he was pursuing his degree, Dennis lived in Ecuador, Spain, and now in London. He will unravel the unknown parts of the fast food industry, different observations of living in London, and how the value of family has changed over the generations. We also have Tyler to share more of his crazy London stories. Again, I just need to apologize for the various noises in each episode. We did this episode in the pub, so it is a little bit noisy. Nevertheless, this this podcast intends to explore the hidden side of city life. If you have any questions and comments, say hi to us on our Instagram. Which one? The one I was hesitating if I can put into my Are research. I didn't, and I wish you can just share it to us. I can share it now if you like. You can, you can share it to us now. Well, the craziest thing I've ever seen in my nightclub that I was working at, there's this guy, and he has two girls on the bar, bent over. Just use like another word when you're gonna say the F okay. word, okay? He's bent them over, he's pulled their dresses up, pulled their pants down, and it's about one o'clock at night in the morning and he starts having sex with one and using his fingers with the other midway through he switches girls starts having sex with the other and starts fingering the other one keeps going until they both Second. another time i saw this girl she's got boat she's not sitting on a couch across the bar both legs open and she's just getting touched by a guy another time on the dance floor on the dance floor with other people around, she's sitting on the ledge and a guy is just having sex with her while she's sitting Same on the ledge. Guy. No, 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 girl. different guy, okay. different girl. These are all different people. Okay. And these are the crazy sex stories I've had. Otherwise, we're f- I'm sitting down on my smoke break, and I, this is when I worked to my first nightclub, so it was outside, and I'm having a smoke sitting down, and this woman pulls a little bottle, a vial out of her purse, opens it up, it's on her hand, looks at me, takes it, and then offers me some. So I did it. So it's it. <laughs> So Dennis, tell me, like, when you you working in the tab, every time, how many times you work every week, and then when is the shift hours? 
have at Victoria Taps uh, work normally from Monday to Fridays, mm -hmm. and the normal times are either from 12 to close mm -hmm. or from 3 or 4 to close. So pretty much like a evening shift. So from Monday to Friday, which night is the most busy one? Monday to Fridays, I would say Thursdays mainly, but we do have some Fridays that are busy as well. What kind of other job you did before this as a night shift worker? Um, I've, since I've moved to the UK, I've done pretty much nine, nine shift jobs the whole time. Um, before this one, I was working um, in a Tesco, uh, just overnight. Um, before that one, I was working in a Domino's Pizza. Uh, same, pretty much same, same shifts as this one, like Monday to Fridays from five to close. Uh, before that, in a McDonald's, pretty much the same thing, Monday to Fridays from five or four to close. Yeah, that would be about it from my night shift experience. We were just talking about how people are crazy okay. at the um, club, and then before that, they're probably in a pub. Yeah. And after the clubbing, it's probably gonna be in McDonald's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kebab shop. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah, kebab shop probably gonna be more more a thing in London. But do you do you see crazy things in McDonald's? Um, I've seen crazy stuff. But not as the previous mentioned. Sorry, like Thailand. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, as I used to work in the kitchen, I didn't have much contact with the um, with customers mm -hmm. in McDonald's. But we had like few incidents, like customers just wanted to come inside of uh, our kitchen and fight any one of us for no reason. <laughs> well, maybe they had reasons, but we just didn't bother. For example, in terms of drugs, um, in the store that I was working. Like pretty much everyone like had uh, had a how do you call it, a smoke and they did a smoke like weed or something, some stuff like that. So it was a normal thing for me like working around people that smoke weed. Awesome, but you? Um, I never I never had the same addiction as them like smoking every single day. But for once in a while, like every few weeks, I like, just have a bath, relax. Yeah, my nightclub, everyone smoked it. I used to get it, I used to buy from my security guards in the nightclub, everyone smoked it. I think this is like a very important, um, I don't know, question and then something I would love to dive into into my research in the future is why kitchen and also this hospitality, I mean cafe is another conversation. I don't really know how I can address this, but I have a, a dear, dear alumni, he, and also a good friend, he used to work in a New York kitchen and um, he told me everybody in the kitchen need to do cocaine because of the eight hours, six hours like busy, very, very high tension workflow. Mm -hmm. So people need that. And I just feel like, do you, do you want to talk about this? Like when you work in the kitchen, what kind of tension you are feeling? Like where's that tension comes from in McDonald's? I think all the tension that comes is from the policy that the company made mm. in terms of as McDonald's is known for, it's known for uh, fast, food. fast food. So the quicker you get, the better you are 
and it re doesn't really matter the quality of the food as long as the customers are happy with the time that they got served. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we were asked mainly to be fast. Mm. And some people you just can't handle it. It might be because uh, the barrier age, uh, gender age, let's say, and experience as well. Mm. But yeah. How uh, how's the gender thing? I believe that a woman doesn't doesn't handle as much doesn't handle the same way stress as a man can have, and also uh, it, it does involve the experience or the age. For example, a uh, 16 years old girl is not gonna manage stress the same the same way as a 40 years old man. Exactly, I don't yeah? believe that. Which I, I think I don't know should I say this or not, but I think especially recently I realized the younger generation. Tyler is expect uh, ex exception. Um, he is definitely w managing his stress pretty well. I sometimes I think I am not really managing my stress really well. But usually I feel like the younger generation I'm facing now, they are not easily stressed, but it seems like they don't really care about anything. Literally, when like the the last few months I was working there, the management at McDonald's, the management just changed, and they just focus on higher people, young people, mm -hmm. instead of uh, experienced people. Why? Let's say that way. I'm not really sure because oh, well, I know why because the label for under underage people mm -hmm. is much more cheaper so you spend less the younger you you hire so the restaurant spend less on wages the younger they hire but is that healthy for the company's uh, general operation because the younger it's people i assume i assume the younger people were underage like 16 17 Unless they are, do, they do want to pursue a McDonald's back kitchen career, which is totally understandable. That's a thing for people, and I respect that. But what I'm, I'm, I'm I might be biased here, but like some people, they do want to take a gap year, and then they do want to have this transition year, and they will leave eventually. Do you think that's healthy for a operation team? To constantly changing staff. It's not healthy at all. It's not healthy at all because I remember when I started there, like six, seven years ago, and we built a team, a very powerful team. It was full of experienced people, like they, they've been working there for a long time, and we create we create a very how can I say a very friendly environment in that restaurant. Because we knew we knew each other, we knew the team, we knew what, what we were capable of, and from there we just took it. At, we just took that restaurant to one of the best in London. Mm. But what happened is when the management changed, they just, just focus on hiring hiring young underage people, like young people, and they didn't care. They didn't really care about us as the as the like old team, let's say. And how would how would we, how would we did? They just wanted us to do everything we wanted, and they wanted to add some more extra work. So from that point, uh, most of my colleagues were uh, most of my colleagues were start to like just leave the job because it wasn't worth it. The money is not worth it. <coughs> if you get Excuse double me. of the stress and then don't get paid enough, 
it's just not really worth it. You can just find somewhere else. Until the last few months, I basically it was just me and some like two more colleagues that were there. And after that, I left because you couldn't work with under eight. You can't work with some under eight age because they really want to work. But there are mostly there are some that they just go there to spend some time away from exactly. their college or away from their parents or away from whatever, and they just don't want to do anything. And I think that this is a problem thing is we, we both, all of us, you, me, the manager, the young kid, they are aware they just want to be there for a very short, temporal period of time. So the company, they might gonna take advantage of that too. They don't need to pay for a lot of other extra uh, benefits or insurance for the young employee. And um, may I ask? Um, okay, thank you, Tyler. Tyler brought us crisps and, and nuts. Just, and he loves nuts. I don't love what the. All right, I got. Oh, okay, fine. Do you mind to share? Were you were you having any insurance or any? What do you mean with the insurance? Do you have like, if you're in in the kitchen, right? If you you have a potentiality to get hurt by the anything in there, will you be covered if you have any um, labor insurance? Um, the restaurant is covered. They have an insurance. Yeah, but for example, if you get burned, you how can I say this? You have really have to prove that you were burned there and not somewhere else's in order to get some compensation. And if you do get compensation, it's not going to be really much. How's the UK medical insurance for you? The, Brit the England insurance. Do you have a medical insurance here? I don't have a medical insurance. None of you have a medical insurance. Exactly. I agree. I we go in the chairs and that's basically. It's free. English healthcare is free, so why would you need insurance? Oh, right. <laughs> I cut my leg open. <laughs> Do you have a medical insurance, Sebastian? Sebastian is our manager. Deputy manager. Deputy manager. And he's gay, so whatever he says. Do you have a medical insurance? Do you pay insurance for healthcare? No, no one's paying health insurance, you all pay. I do pay. NHS is free. Yeah, but because you're from Hong Kong. Exactly. And then I, I was quite like, I was asking everybody, like, do you pay, anybody paying for your insurance? No, like, our no, one is free. We, we, we pay national, we, we pay national insurance. National insurance, but that is going towards pension. Yeah. Uh, your medical insurance, everything is covered by taxes. Yeah, by taxes. We pay, that's what we pay taxes for. Okay. We have free health care. National insurance is for pension. Okay, back to track, please. Um, we were talking about insurance, and then now I realized you don't need to pay for insurance because you use it. Oh, that's such a dumb question to ask. I never really talked to anybody who worked in Madonna before. I don't know how I can how I can ask anything about McDonald's or working McDonald's, but all I can know is <coughs> people are losing their patience more when they're in McDonald's. I think when I'm in Starbucks, I can wait. But when I'm in McDonald's, I can't. I mean, like, dude, it's just a burger. It's just like, pour it out right now. I think that changed for, because of people, mainly. Because at the beginning, like I, when I used to work there, 
four, five, six years ago, the system that they used to have, it was really, really, really simple. We were just making burgers and stack, stacking them in the bin. So we're basically just go and grab them and serve it to the customer. That system was very, very good. It was very, very fast. Um, people wasn't as picky as they are now. Because if they wanted like, uh, once in a while, but then they, there was only few people that they just wanted a specific order. For example, let's say a Big Mac with no pickles, you didn't, you barely have those orders. But nowadays, if you go to McDonald's, 95% uh, of the orders, they are special orders. Either no pickles, either no onions, either whatever. And I've seen people like literally, they just want just a patty, <laughs> nothing else. And that's one of the main things that make the kitchen go really slow, mm. especially when they don't have enough people. Because in a second you can have like 50 real orders and you got 200 people waiting. And you can cope if you don't have the right people, or enough people and the right people in the places. So you can speed up the process. We're gonna go to China to see the Chinese McDonald's menu. Mm -hmm. You have breakfast, you have congee. I don't know, it's KFC or, yeah, I think it's KFC got congee for breakfast. Mm -hmm. It's very specific yeah. and very not fast food-ish thing now. And it's more like a fusion restaurant for me. But still, people are having that rush to get the fast food package right away, which I think to leave the people who work there have no choice but to push their boundary further and further. Do you feel like when you work in McDonald's or when you work in the uh, during the night in the back of the kitchen after the shift, what do you feel most of the time? Do you feel <coughs> tired or you, I don't know? You tell me. I just. Um, the main feeling is feeling tired, but also you kind of feel like relaxed after you just finish that day. Mm. And for example, uh, I used to like going well, in summertime when there was good weather and the nights weren't that very cold. I used to just go with my friends, with my friends from work, and just to have a couple of beers. Oh, or just go nice. to the off license and grab a few drinks and spend the night there, like drinking. Okay. There was a park where I used to work, and we just had to get drunk there. Yeah, this is a very different different approach. Because for me, if I work at night, mm -hmm. after the shifts, I told to I told to um, Tyler and Patricia last time. All I can think about is I hate myself. The night is so short. I'm so tired. And why these people are so stupid? It's just negative feeling in my things. If I don't get enough of sleep, it's just always negative. But, uh, as I said before, the team that I built, that we built uh, when I was working there, it was like, very positive. Mm -hmm. You can easily go there, spend the whole shit laughing, making jokes about each other, like, like being us. offensive, being yeah. a, being oh, offensive with each other. You can't be offensive with me. That's me, Lucas and Scott. That's been been offensive with each other and spend the day there laughing. Um, I miss that place. Time goes, time goes quicker. Yeah, time goes quicker. Yeah, I think co-workers are really important. Especially if you have a really physically tiring, yeah. intense job. Mentally. Yeah. And then you tiring. have a really shitty beep. You Boring. have a really... Yeah, and then... Or just lazy. Mm. Or just slow. <laughs> 
I, I, it's torturing, definitely. Are you gonna drink that tea? I had some, and there's alcohol in there. It's not. There's, there's not. alcohol. I what, taste what, what, it. What is it? Caramel. Caramel syrup. No, honey syrup. Sorry. <laughs> I can taste that alcohol. Really? Stop! You have that eyes. You don't. Don't blink that to me. Now, I'm getting louder. So, you are, you are traveling from Victoria Station basically by what bus? Uh, well, if it was there, I'd just get the N136, uh, the 73 stops, 76. I want N136. Um, yep, N136. Or I'd have to get the N3 and then get off a Bromley and then switch onto a different night bus, which would then take me, would take me about an hour and 50 minutes. So you're not crossing Vauxhall? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Vauxhall. Camberwell, Peckham, Lewisham, Lewisham, Southend, whatever that is. And then where is this? Um, that is Bromley, basically, Nottingham. Bromley. Okay. What do you see? Like how you see cities changing? How you see? Like definitely from Westminster to Vauxhall and then to Camberwell. Well, the the further out of London you get, the worse it gets. How, what do you mean by the further? Well, the further you get from central London, the poorer it gets. Okay, that's a very straightforward. There are rich areas in Bromley, but. Most, like, as a whole, it's not a great area. Because I was told that Bromley was one of the best areas that you could go. Bossingham, yeah. that's a bad place. No, Chislehurst, it's an expensive place. You know, you have football players that live there, mm -hmm. celebrities, but that's in certain parts of it. And they kind of stick, like, they live in, like, private estates. So you can't actually see what they're living in. Where's that? The celebrities. Mm -hmm. That's in Chislehurst. But what do you see, let's say, well I know what I can see in Westminster and I don't know what you can see in Vauxhall. Like, what, what is office buildings really. Yeah, office buildings, clubs, like, yeah. the station. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty boring place Vauxhall. Somebody told me Peckham is a really good place to live. Peckham? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mad. <laughs> That's somebody what I'm saying. The wor the, like the further out you get, the worse it gets. Peckham is a really mad area to be around. The more dangerous it gets. Yeah. How do you define dangerous though? Like, like what do you feel? Like? Stabbing. Yeah, stabbing. <laughs> gang crime. Yeah. Knife crime. Yeah. I was I was waiting for a bus from Greenwich once, and prostitution. Prostitution. Yeah. Is that dangerous? Drugs. Or you just of course, it's dangerous. It yeah. Is. You never seen prostitutes here, you know. <laughs> in the street. Excuse me, I think this is okay. We're gonna come back to that conversation. I was waiting for a bus, and across the road, like literally, I'm standing here, and literally, what, 200 feet? No, not even that. 100 feet from me, a guy had been stabbed five hours before that. My God. Like, it gets more dangerous. That's why I define it dangerous. People getting stabbed on the streets, gang crime. Gang violence, that kind of stuff. And then you know what I was considering dangerous? Is a man dancing in the park. Like that's, that's actually just freaked me out. Literally three months ago, there was a friend that went up, a 
friend, a big black guy, like one of them that you look at them and you, and you, you cross the road. That, that was a friend of mine. And basically, um, he went to a club in Pekan and he, for some reason, he got in trouble with a, with a, a group of young, young guys. Like one of them young youngsters that you call them. And mm. um, one of them pushed the guy, pushed, pushed my friend in front of a shop and that push just broke the glass. And my friend almost lost a leg because one of the glasses just dropped in his leg and he passed out because he was bleeding too much. And in the hospital they were so lucky that they could like put the leg together and he survived. I don't know. Like now, I don't want it to go to that part of London at all. Do you feel like during the daytime? It's dangerous there as well. If you look at someone wrong, mm-hmm. they'll stop trouble. They'll, they'll, they'll stab you if they think you're looking at them. Oh my god! A guy, he was on the opposite side of a train station, and apparently, he looked at this guy and his mate. That guy went over the bridge to the other side and pushed him in front of the train. Because he looked at him, didn't say anything, didn't know the guy, looked at him for a second, maybe didn't even look at him, but this guy thought he was looking at me, he was being disrespectful, pushed him in front of a train. I don't know, I don't know why people do that, and um, I, I read the news, an Asian woman, people, uh, the state, uh, the rails. Yeah, onto the rails by a male in London, mm-hmm. for no reason. I've seen those videos as well. But that's London. I had a friend, and him and his mates went to um, a rave, you know, in the daytime. It started from like four o'clock, and everyone's listening to music, and then they're recording it. And you hear this guy scream someone's name. He turns the camera, this guy starts, this black chick, this black guy starts running. He trips over, and when he does, a bunch of guys chasing after him just pull out machetes and just starts chopping them to pieces in front of all these people. That's gang violence. I think there is a series on Netflix, two seasons, called, you might have watched it, Top Boy. Top Boy, yeah. Top Boy. That's an accurate description, yeah. And then Blue, Blue Story, I think it's called. Blue Story, yeah, that's how I'm doing. That's basically London. I love this. Loved it. It's accurate, yeah. It's, it's, it's very accurate. accurate. You should watch it. It will give you an app. It will give you a pretty accurate description. Last night, just watched guy reaching some. Is that called? Drop the Rock, rock and roll. Guy Ritchie. Oh, Guy Ritchie, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I love that movie. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. You're gonna have to beat this out from my guy. And he's in his car, and it's dark. It's about nine o'clock. I go to get in the car. And in the front seat, there's someone sitting there in a full mask. Can't see his face, just his eyes. And he's holding a machete in his lap. And he tells me to get in the back. So I get in the back, we drive around a bit, make sure there's no police or anything like that. I'm the cover police. He gives me the shit and then I leave. But that was it. But like, he has that guy. So if something goes wrong, they can just chop him to pieces. It's kind of scary because of all these stories to be honest. I'm holding my wrist like really That's tight. just London life. And I my that's why my mom when I talk to London talk about London to my mom, my mom's like I never really worried you but I don't want you to go to that fucked up city. <laughs> it's just this is fun. I'm scared. My parents are sometimes and I don't get it until today to be honest. Like I actually feel really 
upstairs sometimes when I sleeping and I hear some noises out of my window. And I will just optimize the whole situation, but now I feel but like I, I can't. I don't know about healing, but I think healing is quite tough. Yeah, healing is tough. Healing is tough. It's a quiet place, old people. Yeah, right. Old people, hmm. the base age is 26. <laughs> like, no, 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 but as in like, the base age is 26. <laughs> but imagine how high, like how many old people have to live there for that to be the base age. Like, Teenagers are dangerous in this country because yeah. yeah. they want to. They want to pretend that they're hard. Mm-hmm. So they'll do anything to prove that. They will stab someone. They will kill someone just to, just so they can think and show other people that they're cool. And these stories freak me out. To be honest, like tonight, so many things. I sound so dumb even I host my own podcast. I'm like the most blind. Like no knowledge about this country, but still trying so hard. Women here. <laughs> I don't know you have NHS for I know it's for free but I don't know that you don't need to do anything else for it. Yeah, I split my head open. I walked into the hospital, they put it back together. Great. Free. But the thing is you grow up in Bulgaria and I grow up in Asia most of the time. And you grow up in Ecuador and Spain. You do consider such situation like London is a fucked up city. Teenager here are are really trying to prove them they're wrong and then you see things that you consider as normal which is for me that is abnormal and it sometimes is not sometimes most of them are outrageous and I don't want to see at all in my life I might just poke myself to blind if I see those things for you I don't know like how you see do you see that in Ecuador and Spain too it's like people just holding weird stuff with them and chopping people in pieces no I mean Spain is like very different from here like a guy that wants to prove like he's a tough guy in Spain all they will do all that we base themselves is in materialistic things like oh look I got the best trainers or look I got the best shirt or whatever they just I think mostly European they base they are based of showing their how tight they are in like uh, the economical situation now or the materialistic situation. Mm. So that's why I would say they base that. Why do you think the teenager here they do crazy things or harmful things to act as hard is a normal thing? Well, what? one social media. I see on Snapchat stories. Okay. I see on Instagram. Two. It's their environment. They're surrounded by it. Do you know what I mean? Their older brothers will sell drugs. Their friends will sell drugs. Their uncles, their dads. I have a friend and his uncle has been in and out of prison five times. It's just just social norms in this country. It's normal for people. I should have introduced you to one of my friends. He's a 40, 40, 43 years old. Title. Yeah. Like, like tourists, they don't know this stuff. They know Big Ben, 
they know the Queen. They don't. They know restaurants. Yeah, they know fancy this. They fancy don't that. Know. Here's the question mm -hmm. for both of you. Like that's what is I'm wondering. Even movies, okay? Let's just put things on a very. Uh, yeah. Look at America though. America looks like a great place in the movies. You go there, gang violence, corrupt government. Horrible KFC and McDonald's. Yeah, that. But you know what I mean? In, obviously the movies make everything look way yeah, better. Where is the money go, sir? Rich, rich people. The rich get rich and the poor get poorer. Yeah, who are the rich people? Parliament, the government, anyone that is... People that are born into rich get rich and they stay rich. The money stays within their family. Look at the Queen. Their family is worth millions, if not billions. Because I met like quite a lot of uh, Chinese, Japanese people, and when they come, uh, to, they come to study. When I used to work at the college, they come to study, and all they go, they go only to rich places. Because uh, uh, I met one, one Chinese girl once, and once she invited me to her place, and literally she she walked, she lived, used to live at Pimlico, like one of uh, one of the nicest neighborhoods I've ever seen. And I was like, wow. How can you afford? I mean, like to live around here, you have to get like, very that's, wealthy. That's what I want to address. As as me, as I was saying, I'm a project being invested here, and it doesn't mean like I don't. I don't. I don't want it to be here. I love to be here to study more, and that's why my parents support me. Mm -hmm. But being a project here means like my parents do want me to do good mm -hmm. in the future, not just studying or. For, I don't know, for to realize I am a good person. I mean, that's okay to do. But that's your culture, isn't it? It is. Because, then, because my parents, they made a sacrifice from moving to Spain and moving to the UK. So for us, our their kids, their, their, their kids, so they can have a better future. Like for example, I did, that's what I did for them. Because all they wanted for me is like to finish uni. And I did finish uni, and from now, I just uh, done what they want me to do. So I, from now on, I don't know what to do, to be honest. I've done what they want me to do, but from now I'm just trying to find myself, to know what I want to do. How is Brixton? Brixton. 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 I mean, I'm, I consider Brixton as a current area. Mm, some areas. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I heard like a lot of people talking about Brixton, like really. There's bad. a lot of gang violence in Brixton in certain areas. I, th I think so, but I never experienced it. I never. I've seen things, but mm. not really like the, that. There are many crazy. There's even a Brixton. song about Brixton. It? Yeah, it's like Brixton bully, and it's all about Brixton gang violence. I've seen. I've seen things. I've seen a lot of people. Not You're not drinking coffee. enough. That's why. Yeah. It's not our bay is cold. Look at that, freezing cold. Drink it. <coughs> Drink it. I'm not gonna choke. Fucking hell, fine. Drink a favor for my podcast. For the podcast. Go, go. Up. That was weak. Don't You're a strong, independent woman. Strong you will tell me you do shots for my. Carry on. You want a shirt? Some book shirt. Please yeah? don't. Please don't. One. No, not That's tonight. all I ask. That's all I ask. Just one. And I'll stop. You know, I'm not, I won't stop otherwise. So one fireball. shot. Fireball? Fireball? Or Zambuca? Fireball. Or tequila? Uh, no, no, no. 
Fireball, fireball. Fire. <laughs> That's, uh, okay, Brixton. 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 Okay, good. Brixton. So how long your how your family feel about living in UK? Mm, they feel as an opportunity, as I said, as a, uh, it's opportunity for us. But I think that changed in my since my niece born mm. because I see them, I see them that they don't look at, at our our two siblings and me, our, our my two sisters and me as a. The main thing that they are here now, they look at now at my niece, mm. which I don't mind. And they seem very, they seem very happy with the niece, with the, my new niece. So I think they consider her now the priority. That like they wanna look after her, they do whatever they want. But yeah, um, they just come, they just came here to work, find a better life. Let's say, let's say this way. Do you see they are looking for themselves, also in other ways? No, they don't look at themselves. That's one of the things that really pisses me off because some of the weekends I just go somewhere by myself or with, whatever, with somewhere else's, but they, they just, I think it's just because they are tired of working through the week that they just want to stay at home and sleep and relax. And instead of going out and like let's say to a restaurant or let's say to whatever, I think they just want to, they want to go out with, with all of us together mm. as a family, not as just them two going out by themselves. So, do you think the dad is the reason or the symbol of family changed from you and uh, from your parents to you and your sisters? The value of family. So your yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Will you do that to, to your children? Like I told you already, I don't want children. Okay, fine. That's a very, very different that, thing. That's what that's what all the main reasons I want children. Because I know that I will have to work hard to at least give them the life I have or I have. In terms of I never had I never had a life of anything. I always had what I needed to have. It's not like I have everything I wanted, but I have enough to be a happy kid. Mm. And we are happy. And I feel that I don't have that how you call, that sense of responsibility to look after a human being in that way. Mm. Now, right now. Maybe in a couple of years or whatever, I do really have. But right now, I don't have that sense of responsibility. I, I think I have the same, same, same thing. Fair. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm talking, I'm English is breaking. Same, like, especially being Asian kids, mm -hmm. my family, they provide whatever they can give it to me the best. I'm like a little princess, me and my sister, we are both being really well taken care of. It all sort of matters. And I consider myself a, I do think I am a educated person, but now I realize that sometimes being educated doesn't mean that you're much better than anybody. No, not, not at all. It's just I do appreciate I have the opportunity to have to witnessing and then to situate it in different culture and then different environments to have 
so many perspectives and respects for different people and culture. We have a very, very, very diverse world. It's not just one world, it's many, many, many other worlds. Which being said, I'm scared to have my own kid. I don't want it to work so hard to give another little human things that I am afraid that I cannot offer to. When my parents at my age, they had me, my mom especially, she already gave birth to me and I'm already three years old. My parents already have a property, they have a kid, which is me. They have all sort of things sort of like managed a little bit. They sort of know what they are doing, or they don't, but in my eyes, they do know what they are doing. At my age now, I am still wondering what should I have for dinner, what should I put up for tomorrow morning, and then what should I do this and that, and I don't even know. I don't know many things. I still feel like I'm 19 years old, but kids 19 years old now, they are doing different things, and then they might have babies. Let's say if you ever gonna have a kid, ever, will you one day to be in London for life, for school, for grow up? No. Why is that? Fact, no, I would choose another country, like more calm, because the way that they they grew up their kids in this in this country is like really fucked up. The education is not that great, mm -hmm. trust me. I experienced the education that they have in here and it's not that great because my sister did her I think it was years year six or year five here and that stuff you you uh, you learn it in primary school uh, literally but what she was learning being a uh, being a 15 years old she was learning how to multiply how to divide a year at, at 16 years old in this country amazing and trust me the education is not that great when did you learn to multiply and divide when i was here three probably oh, yeah. yeah when i was before eight years oh my god we're before. chinese yeah still we do things still. Still. in a very <coughs> yeah that's what i'm saying and they, are, and, and they were learning how to do that when she was 15. And it's like, you experience what high school university uh, university here mm -hmm. trust me me um, myself and my friend that lives in Spain we were doing the same degree okay both of us was four years of degree he paid for his degree 2,000 euros for four years I pay 35,000 pounds for four years and the quality of education that he's got is way much more better than the one I got. He was doing five days a week and a lot of hours doing that, doing every day and I was doing three days a week, six hours a day. So the, the, the intensive, intensity is different. Absolutely different. He had homework every single day he had projects every single day i, ha I never had homework <laughs> i never had to study to to do my degree to what? complete my degree i never studied what about the, does he has does he has any difficulty to find a job in spain 
Yeah, there is a difficulty to find a job, yeah. It, does he want to go to somewhere else to find a job? No. He wants to it's him if he wanted to stay in that. That's just I don't want to go to like university to learn. I don't want to go to university to get a degree. And the thing is, you can't do certain things without a degree. So therefore, you need university. But with university comes debt, and with debt comes stress and a lot of pain and suffering. Unless you're some people. I don't know. It's surprisingly, or I said, I'm shocked, like how I'm experiencing this UK. Uh, uh, education system in a very, I don't know, abnormal way because I'm postgraduate. And the, the staff, my tutor, and all the education, the quality of it, I would say, I'm paying that much money and I'm getting, I would say, okay, fair amount of education I want, but the, the administration, the whole operation of the school is just a. Unbelievable. It's all about money. And yet they're getting what? How many students are there? And most of them, two thirds of the students are from Asia. I don't understand, that, but they're all, like they've got hundreds of students, and each student is paying what? Nine grand? Well, how much you say? Thirty something? Thirty-four thousand. For fifteen months. For fifteen months. Are Times you? that by like a hundred. And then where's the money goes? Anyways, it's been a very to great end to end it. This podcast has been served as um, hold on. Let me finish my ending words. This podcast serves uh, as a research and you know exploration of daily struggles, people who are not being seen and the hidden side of the society. And thank you for your participation, Dennis thank you. and Tyler. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Let's drink. Yes. Okay. Okay. I bet that's good for your throat. Yeah, that will clear you for it for sure. If that doesn't, any other any other option is dick. I don't know why I come here for this episode. Did you hear that? <coughs> Did you hear 